Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're in a hurry. Jared uh, has to get his beauty sleep, and so we got to get this knocked out quick. Let's go quick, quick, quick. We're going to be quick tonight. Uh, okay, so my wife had a uh, – this is the Hit Factor podcast, by the way. We have Jeff Cawthon, who is a single-stack GM. We have Jared Sasquatch, the Fox, who is a production GM, recently 11th place at Nationals, and I shoot mm. single-stack uh, now a lot of times. Um, but my wife submitted a question to the podcast, and I think is is like – She's sleeping with one of one of the uh, co-hosts, so she gets her questions answered. What the hell? First. Really? I know, I know, it's crazy. Uh, and her question was, "What is this? Is a hard-hitting question. What is your favorite ice cream? Favorite ice cream? Yeah, hmm. like Jeff. Jeff's gonna. This is gonna be a hard one for Jeff because, like, that means That's he's hard, gonna have to like divorce like one of his kids. Sherbert, orange sherbert specifically. Orange <laughs> sherbert from Sasquatch. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Dude, when I shoot down south, we go to Brahms, and I, I, I kill that shit. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't think I would have ever expected a Sasquatch to be that into orange sherbet. Second he favorite was, would be vanilla. He's very sure about that, too. Wow. I mean, like, that's like wow. my grandma's, like, favorite ice cream. Right. Yeah. Well, your grandma had good taste. Apparently. <laughs> apparently <laughs> yeah and we'll just say yeah. like homemade homemade ice cream doesn't count right like homemade ice cream like almost always wins but this is just like store-bought ice cream oh i thought we were just going flavors but okay yeah so flavors like fine a, a specific okay that doesn't have to yeah. be a specific oh, okay um but yeah for people that aren't aware down here in the south ish area i think it's just like texas and oklahoma we have Brahms. It might be in another state. It's basically, um, yeah, basically. I we're, think we're they here. have some, I think they're in like Wichita, Kansas, and maybe okay. like far south Missouri, but we don't have them like in Kansas City. Yeah, like right. Liberal yeah. might, I think Liberal has one, maybe. Uh, yeah, like there's, it's, it's, but it is south central U.S. Yeah, it's a very local company. Like the Brahms uh facility and their dairy and everything is is right around here like within an hour of where i live yeah so good they're hamburgers better. they're great yeah mainly known for ice cream though yeah uh so i would say two flavors immediately came to mind one was chocolate chip cookie dough okay. and two it would have been um chocolate almond yeah. Chocolate almond. Okay. Yeah. The cookie yeah, those... dough I can get behind. The chocolate almond doesn't sound appealing. Yeah, but they it just goes. It goes. Like you gotta try it, but it, it goes. Uh so that and that's your final answer is one of those two. That's you have to pick immediately 
That's what immediately came to mind. Uh, if I have to pick, just you one. You have to pick. Yeah, you don't get two. Oh, I guess geez. you could call it a Neapolitan, but that don't count, really. I really love just chocolate ice cream, honestly. Like if I have to, if I have to pick one, like that's the only thing I could eat. Just straight chocolate. Yeah, just just chocolate with chocolate. Chocolate like with chocolate icing on top. Sure. Or chocolate syrup on top. I just I love chocolate. I'm surprised. Like I'm actually a little shocked that for those of you who haven't seen the Bussin video off of Instagram, where he takes. Uh, ice cream and he adds sprinkles and caramel syrup <laughs> and then he adds captain crunch syrup i i'm really yeah. surprised that we didn't get an answer like that from jeff that's uh, really kind of more what i was expecting dude, wait another like this one might be my favorite it's oh, okay, so hard. I, I love ice cream um is chocolate ice cream with like real peanut butter like swirled into it like it, it comes okay. that way in the carton. Like you don't add the peanut butter. It's like the peanut butter is oh. in it mixed in. Okay. But it's like the real peanut butter texture. So it's kind of hard. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. So, so chocolate peanut it, butter. That's it? That's the one? Ah, damn it. Sh- chocolate. We'll just say chocolate. I just can't. straight chocolate. Okay. Yeah, I can't. He can't divorce himself from it. Uh, so I mean, like, like my go-to, like if I'm just, like if I'm just at like an ice cream parlor and like I'm just get like it's really hard for me not to get mint chocolate chip. Like if I'm like out and and getting it, um, I just like mint chocolate. Like it's like the kids' ice cream, right? I don't, I don't know. How, like that was basically all I ate as a kid. If I was out going to get ice cream, I wanted mint chocolate chip every time. I don't know if other people did that or not, but that was my go-to. What do you mean? That's what that's what kids eat. Is that what you said? Yeah, kids like eat a, mint chocolate chip. I did. Like that was like like if we went to Brahms, like I got mint chocolate chip, um, like every time. I think I feel like that you're in the minority there. Uh, maybe that's so. Kid's, that's not a kid's ice cream. No. Okay. I mean, like I felt like it was like, but maybe not. You could be right. Uh. But so, but then there is also a Ben and Jerry's and it's called, and he doesn't always have it at the store. Like I haven't actually seen it in probably like two or three years. Uh, it's called their Caramel Sutra and it has like the very center of it. It's like a caramel cord, like that's just caramel the whole way down. And then like one side of it's vanilla, one side of it's chocolate. And then it's got like these chocolate fudge chunks all the way through it. And it's, that's, that's pretty busting. Like there's, that's busting for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, so like those two would be up there, but like, this is going to be bad. Cause I'm going to almost agree with Jeff here, but my favorite it's, it's semi-custom. Okay. Like it's, it's semi-custom. I don't know how many of our listeners have access to bluebell ice cream. Uh, but Jared, you, Jeff knows what bluebell is. You have bluebell in your stores, right? Yeah. Oh, you do too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's not bluebell. I don't think. Maybe Bluebell's countrywide now. I thought it was. I thought it was not. But anyway, Bluebell Dutch chocolate, and then you got to take fresh raspberries and and smash those up and mix those in with the chocolate, and that's that's probably like the best go to ice cream, like ever. Raspberries. Raspberries. Yes, like the raspberries are kind of like tart, and 
and then the chocolate's obviously ice cream's like really sweet and it it goes together like it's so good it's great so that's, yeah, that I, thought be, there was, I, th- I thought there was a bluebell health scare a while back yeah they were fined 17 million dollars for uh listeria contamination yeah i don't worry about stuff like that it's 20, not that big 20, a deal. 20, 2015 yeah that, that's I mean, seven years ago it's fine no big deal <laughs> but i just remember them being in the news uh, yeah they were and then flavors. like you couldn't find them you couldn't find bluebell for a long time yeah because they all yeah. got it all got pulled off the shelves and whatnot Man. all right hmm. so we are in a hurry because sasquatch needs to get to bed tonight because sasquatch uh is going to work out tomorrow morning and he has proper motivation to work out. Uh, yes. which I four thought was going to be a four girl. days in a row right now. He, you have worked out for four days in a row. Yeah. Dad gum. He's getting it hard. And so like, so Sasquatch has bought workout equipment. Yeah. I found the proper motivation for me. So spending the money, gym, the gyms near my house are not ideal. Like the only thing that's like a full gym close to me is a Planet Fitness. So I just decided that I would make the investment in a proper squat rack and Olympic bumper plates and a bar, a bench. I'm waiting for dumbbells to come back in stock so I can order those. But so you spent you order like... like a set of dumbbells? No, I'm gonna order a set of uh, Iron Master adjustable ones. They look like the ones to go with. Right, so like another five hundred dollars. I think they're like nine hundred, but (laughs) (laughs) nine hundred for a set of dumbbells. Adjustable dumbbells are ridiculous. They go to seventy-five pounds. Oh, I I don't need them to go that high. I'll never lift that much weight. (laughs) That attitude, you won't. I don't know that I will either, but I'll be able to if I want. That gum. Are they are, okay? Are like adjustable ones? Like, are they any good? Uh, some yeah, of them are. So there's good ones. The the ones that I'm gonna order, uh, they're all metal, so they're like you can actually drop them and stuff without worrying about breaking them. Some of the cheap ones have a bunch of plastic in them, so I don't think they would be good. Uh, but the specific ones I'm getting, the reason I'm going with them is they they feel like a normal dumbbell more or less. What are they called? Uh, okay. Iron Master. And basically, you as you add plates, they get longer, but they're not like always like you know massively over length. So, if you're using them as a twenty pound dumbbell, they are about the same size as a normal twenty pounder. Do uh, they uh, do the plates like do they lock in when they're like when you set them, or do they still kind of yeah, shake and rattle? These, so? these have like a, a quick lock, so it like basically it's only threaded on like a quarter of it, so it'll drop down until it like touches flush with the plate, and then you twist it to tighten it. Oh, okay. Interesting. But no, I set up a full home gym in the garage, so got even even got the rubber flooring for my garage. Cleaned up my garage to make space for it, everything. Man. That gum. It's like, I felt like grown up stuff. I felt like an old man walking around today. My oh, like, hamstrings so. and glutes were so sore from squatting yesterday. So are you are you gonna use like what are you gonna use like for a workout routine? Are you just 
making it up as you go along? Are you like following somebody or what? No. Uh, so the company I bought my rack from is a uh, PRX and they have an app that they just push a workout of the day to. So for the time being, I'm just following that workout of the day. So then I, I guess then like that workout kind of like it knows then the equipment that you have, like you have their equipment. So then it more or less on the stuff. On the stuff I don't have yet, I just normally either skip it or if I can substitute it with like a mobility band or something for like the dumbbell stuff I do. Yeah. So until I get the kettlebell and the dumbbells whenever they come in stock. Okay. I got a question for you guys. What, like if you have dumbbells, like would there be a reason, why would you buy kettlebells? Like what's the difference in dumbbells and kettlebells? I don't know. So the kettlebell... They make an adjustable kettlebell that uses the same plates, and it's only like another hundred bucks. I just figured I'd order it at the same time. An adjustable okay. kettlebell? Yep. It uses the same plate system, so it's like a 22-pound kettlebell, and then you can add more weight to it. Huh. So kettlebells, yeah, like you're doing, it's it's totally different. Like, like you can do some of the similar stuff. Like you could curl a kettlebell, right, and you could press it. But really, like a kettlebell you're going to be doing a lot of like swinging. It's a lot of like dynamic type movement. It's not something you would do much with a dumbbell, like a dumbbell you might hold and squat or you might snatch it. Um, but the kettlebell adds kind of an, a different dynamic of like moving around while you're holding it. Something else to control, make it more difficult. So There's like of, that's, so it's made you just, round. You could just so have, you, don't... you could just like have you... one and, and you can do like a ton of different stuff with it. So like, but you would use a kettlebell instead of a dumbbell because it's like round and it's not going to hit your leg or stuff? Is that, I mean, I guess that the point? Yeah, and then like certain stuff where you're lifting it overhead that it can like rotate in your hand against your arm without. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you're holding it and it's just like hanging, right? So you can like swing it out. Right. And then it can flip around and go on the back of your wrist and you can press it. Um, But it's, it's a lot of like swinging and maneuvering it around is, is sort of like what you do with the kettlebell. You could oh, do okay. other stuff, but like you can get like super heavy ones just to yeah the more uh, basic movements with. But like you could get like a really good workout with like a thirty-five pound kettlebell. Yeah, so that one that I'm ordering, I think it'll go to like fifty-seven pounds or something. Yeah. Do you, and then kettlebell workouts? Do you normally do it with just like one kettlebell? Yeah. You can you can do both. It it just depends on what you have. Huh. Yeah. Well, from what you guys said, the cost of weights are right now. I don't know if I'm going to be buying anything, but I only have one 45 pound dumbbell and I really want a second one. But if it's like two, yeah. $2 and 50 cents per pound for something like that, I don't know that I want to do that. Dude, weights are know. so expensive. Dumbbells might be a little cheaper. That's just what I, the rubber plates were. I'll have to look it up and see. I paid hundred dollars for my fifty-three pound kettlebell. Dad gum, can you even pick it up? Not very many times. <laughs> but my my plan on this though was uh, being able to just walk out into the garage to work out would be a lot easier. Even though like you know, I could drive ten minutes each way to a gym in the morning. It does save twenty minutes of a morning, which makes it a little easier. And it's uh, it's a lot harder to not be motivated when you spend a whole bunch of money and you have to walk by it every time you come or go from the house. So, mm-hmm. 
for a while. Yeah, I bet you can do it though. Eventually, you'll forget. You'll forget how much money you spent on it. That's why I'm making it a habit. That's why I'm like, I gotta get up in the morning and Uh work out. Yeah, that's That's good. good. It's a good strategy. I like it. Yeah, I have told a lot of people if I had to drive to a gym to work out, there's no way I'd work out. Like it just wouldn't. So, are you telling like not through? Because you've been pretty consistent since I've known you in working out, right? Mm-hmm. You you telling me you haven't developed like like a like kind of a love for that? Like you like to get out there and like get some work done? Uh, I don't. Mm, like I don't. I don't know that. Like every once in a while, you have a workout that like you kind of finish is like, oh, that was like that was good. Uh, like that, like, I mean, I enjoy being in shape more than I would enjoy being either out of shape or really fat. So like, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm just not like, like the whole, like, I'm just not a meathead, I guess enough of a meathead. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And Hmm. for me, I don't really... I don't really care about like getting bigger. Like I would like to lose some weight. And I don't know that, you know, being bigger and stronger and whatnot is uh, overly beneficial to shooting, but I do think being in better shape won't hurt my shooting any. So I think uh, certainly on like longer matches and stuff, I think you'll just feel better in general, less soreness, less tired. And being a little lighter shouldn't hurt either. Yeah, if you're already built like a Sasquatch, uh, then, yeah, putting on weight is not going to be advantageous in this sport. Especially yeah. if longevity in the sport is something that you that you want because the healthier you are, the more mobile you are, the longer you'll be able to compete. I like it, Jared. Stick with it, man. So, do you have like uh, any like immediate fitness goals? Nope. Right now, it's just do it and make it a habit. Okay. So you're so you... one year, Jared. One year. Don't miss more than a week. So, so basically, like I already decided that I was gonna like get back into working out. Like I was, I was not like coming up to nationals and stuff. Like the last like month or two, I was just too busy to actually like start going and stick with it. Cause I was gone like 16 days in September, I think. So certainly it was too busy to stick with it. So I just made a plan. It's like, all right, after nationals, like I'm going to get going to the gym every day again. And then I'd been thinking about buying the home stuff for a while. So finally the other day, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Just order it. Yeah. That's what I do. Right, right now it's just it's it's just make it a habit. So just gonna try to do it every day for at least you know a month or so, and mm-hmm. then then probably figure out a little more detailed on like exactly what I want to be working on when and how many days a week and stuff. Yeah, it's fair. As Jeff says, just move your body to start. Just do something. What I'm do doing. something. Just do something. No, that's good. That's awesome. So, do you want to join in on our race? Whenever Jeff no. is going to race? Uh, no, I'm not 
doing any running at this time. What? You don't want to kick Jeremy's ass? Like I'm going uh, to? I have ran enough miles for the rest of my life. Well, that's not yeah. true. I ran cross country in high school, man. So? That was a long time ago. I know. I ran more than five miles in my life. That is sufficient. <laughs> Je- okay, Jeff, when are we having this race and what's it going to be? I don't know. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> He's still scared. <laughs> I set a new PR this morning on my on my my run at the house. You're like, like one mile? Yeah. Time? Yeah. What'd you get? What'd you get? It was uh six fifty three. Hell yeah. Which I which is not doesn't sound fast at all, but like on a track I think I would like automatically drop uh probably at least 20 seconds because i have to stop mm-hmm. and change directions four times yeah yeah um and i've got a uphill section that's that i do twice and it's pretty brutal it's not like a huge uphill but like when you're running it doesn't take a lot of uphill yeah uh, to hurt so i need to i really meant to go this cold the, it getting cold like like my, I normally would do like a long run on Saturdays. Well, yeah. it's freaking at six o'clock. It's still really dark, which isn't that big a deal, but it's also pretty cold right now. Um, and so, like, if I don't run on Saturdays, if I don't run like before the family's up, it's kind of hard to leave during the middle of the day to go to yeah. go run or do something. Um, but I really want to go run like a mile on a track and see what see what I can do with that. I just need to find, I need to make time to do it at some point. You should. I would like to know what you can do. I think I, I like could get. You'll surprise yourself. I think low sixes or maybe even sub sixes is, is maybe possible. Yeah. Um, sub six would be hard. I think sub six would be really hard, but I think I yeah. could be in the teens. I think I could be in the teens um, for a single mile. Not easily, but you I just, think I could do that. You, you just need to take your wife out there and have her yell at you, tell you what a disappointment you are and stuff. She's she's non-confrontational. She wouldn't. It would. That, that I know. I need I need a Goggins behind. I don't need somebody to tell me how disappointed they are. I mean, I tell myself that enough. That's it. <laughs> like I'm perpetually disappointed in myself. I need so I need a, I need somebody like a Goggins. Like I need like two people. I need David Goggins telling me there, like how, telling me how soft I am and I need to harden up. When I need, but I need somebody else there, to be like telling like, man, you're doing such a good job. Like just keep going. Like you got this. Like I need like both right. of those in my head at the same time. Yeah, um, you need the the yin and the yang. Yeah, yeah, you need both of those. That's but uh, yeah. And Jeff, have you finished your Squattober or whatever it was? Or are you still like? Uh, yeah, yeah, we finished it. Squat almost every day in October. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Made some strength PRs. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I'll probably do it again next year. There was a group of us at work that all did it, so it was pretty fun. We didn't all work out together all the time, but yeah. I think we did like we did like two workouts together or something like that the whole month, but it was fun just like talking about it. And then a couple times during the month, we we all went, got a workout, and then 
did the squat workout after the workout. And it was cool. It was fun. It's fun to have character camaraderie building stuff like that. Yeah. I, that, I mean, that helps tremendously uh, mm-hmm. to, to have that. So, like, one thing that you've said on the Discord is it's like you have seeming like you feel like you are – because you've been, like, every time, like, you would try to get into working out, like, you would get hurt. Like, not like, yeah. not like bad hurt. You weren't tearing ACLs or anything like that, but you were just like kind of perpetually, perpetually had like nagging injuries. And like, you've, yeah. you've gotten through this here lately, like without doing that, like, is that a change mm-hmm. that you've made or like something you figured out or what? So like, there's kind of two things that I feel like contributed one more than the other and not how I expected. So, like, one, I kind of thought all the injuries were coming from lack of, like, mobility, stretching, and, and like, recovery type stuff, Mm -hmm. which I think that stuff helped for sure. Um, But I think really, like, when I stopped having things hurt, like, getting, like, like a weird feeling in my bicep that, that wouldn't go away or, like, knee pain or something like that, like... It was just when I was eating more protein and I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of weird because it's a bit of a no brainer. Um, but unless I'm like consciously, I just sort of noticed that I'm like not getting a ton of protein unless I consciously think about it. Like, okay, I need to be, make sure I'm getting 30, 40 grams of protein in this meal three times a day kind of deal, which is still like on the lower end of what you want. Right. But but I, if I wouldn't think about it, dude, I would get like 60, 70 grams of protein a day, something like that. And for someone that's like working out hard, that's not enough. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I basically started trying to eat lots of protein. And like at the end of the day, even if I was full, and I know this sounds bad, but like even if I was full, if I didn't feel like I had eaten enough protein for the day, like... I would eat some protein. Um, Why aren't you just using like a protein supplement or powder? I do. Yeah, I do. Like if I'm eating a meal that's not a high protein meal, like it's just like a bowl of pasta or something or uh, oatmeal, you know, something that's just like not super high in protein, then yeah, I I add protein to the meal. Um, So that's kind of a change. And I've done that in the past, um, but I haven't done it in a while and I feel like that's kind of made the difference in my recovery, especially through like squatting, like hitting heavy squats every single day in October. I feel like it made a big difference. Yeah. So So are you on the dozen eggs a day diet again? (laughs) Uh, No, not dozen eggs a day. I do eat four raw eggs like every morning after my workout. Why raw? Because it's quicker. Like, I could just, like, crack four raw eggs, drink them, drink a glass of milk, and I'm done. Breakfast is over. But what about your kid? She would probably like to have some scrambled eggs. I I get, like, 15, 20 minutes with with the kid in the morning. (laughs) By the time she gets up, and then I have to leave. 
because uh, I have to be at work at seven, so I'm leaving the house at like six forty-five, six fifty. Uh, yeah, that's early. Yeah. So, and if if she's up, yeah, I'll cook her some eggs or oatmeal or whatever she's feeling for that day. But yeah, I just eat them raw. Think what you want. Don't care. It makes I mean, me feel like, good. I mean, like if it makes you feel hardcore, like that's cool. Like I mean, salmonella's a thing, but you know, apparently not. Dude, I have eaten so many raw eggs in my life. So many. Like, dear God, so many. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But they never caused me any issues, so... like, it, How I much protein's it, in an average egg? It's not much. I think it's like 7 or 8 grams. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do like 4 eggs, and then I'll drink like 6 ounces of milk. And then I might eat a protein bar as well, like later in the morning. Yeah. I mean that, so I, I have like three or four eggs a day, a couple pieces of bacon and a, usually a big glass of milk every morning. So at least that meal, I'm yeah. getting a decent amount of protein in. Yeah. Yeah. You're good, man. You're good. But that's the thing that I think made the biggest difference in like being able to train and not get injured. Cause dude, there for a while, it was like, seemed like every other week something else was hurting. And I really feel like it was just because I wasn't getting enough protein. The other thing that Jeff hasn't talked about, which probably would contribute to it, is is sleep. But he's just – he has decided that he's just not going to sleep enough. So that's fine. Yeah. Well, we don't have time my sleep thing that I'm trying to focus on now. Yeah. So my sleep hasn't really changed, though. Like, I – I'm still riding the ragged edge. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, we still we still podcast starting at nine in the evening, and I get up at four every day, or every weekday. Four is early. I get up at four. Yeah. Um, so it's usually like this will be the worst night of the week. <laughs> every yep. week, Monday night is the worst night. And then it'll usually get better unless, you know, the kid gets sick in the middle of the night or something. And, you know, that happens. But, uh, yeah, Monday night will be the worst. I'll get less than six hours, maybe close to four. It it just depends on when we get off of here and how that goes. But but then the rest of the week, you know, it'll be like six, six six-ish hours-ish, give or take. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you're getting six solid hours, then that's probably not terrible. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's solid, but you know, you never know. I think we should talk about some shooting stuff now. Fair enough. <laughs> How was okay? Quick rundown of nationals. We kind of already talked about production nationals as a whole, but uh, Sasquatch was eleventh, right? Yeah. Um, so one of your better nationals, I mean, you may uh, have finished higher as far as placement, but I think as far as like matches you've shot, it's probably one of your better ones, right? Uh, so placement wise, yes. Percentage was certainly a little off. I mean, plenty of, plenty of errors, but it was a pretty tough match. Yeah. So a uh, quick rundown of nationals, I guess, uh, you know the good stuff is uh, first thing I'll I'll say is that the it was the best ROing 
I've seen it at Nationals. That's good. Uh, didn't yeah. I didn't see any issues at all. Like the the ROs were doing a great job keeping stuff running, helping make sure you know activators and stuff like that were set correctly. Um, I noticed that you know any anything that was kind of like close on a line or something, they were quick to just get an overlay out to check it. So. You know, hats off to the ROs. They did an awesome job. You know, efficient, quick. Uh, they had enough food at awards. Nice. So, I mean, that was a that was certainly an improvement. Yeah. Um, I still feel like the Talladega range just doesn't have enough base for nationals. So Correct. A lot, a lot of doubled up stuff. Um, there were certainly some some good stages that they, they did, especially with what they were working with. Some stuff we don't see a ton. So they had a fixed time stage that was kind of a normal stage that was fixed time. That was fairly interesting. It's not something you run into all the time. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, but there was, to me anyways, it felt like that there was a lot of, like, force shooting to 10. And not like, not like, okay, this is a little bit better option. I can save some time. It's like, yeah, you have to shoot 10. Yeah. Or you're, yeah. you're just going to be way off. Uh, didn't, didn't care for that. Like, you know, best example is there was, there was a stage where they had eight poppers and a partial at the end. Then you had to come back for uh, a swinger. So, I mean, some people would take some of the steel moving up and stuff, but realistically, it was a 10-round position at the back. Or you were just adding a wide transition at the when you were farther back shooting some other targets. Yeah. So it didn't... That's a bit dicey. Yeah. Uh, Should have shot a PCC. You could have had 40 rounds in your magazine. And yeah. a dot. But, I mean, overall, I think it was... the You know, overall, the match was fine. Like... The stuff that really matters was was done well. So the officiating, the how well it was ran, how that that stuff was all good. The awards they did a good job on. So plenty of food. Their Mark Seven sponsored an open bar. Uh, cool. Yeah, sounds, so, like, a, I, sounds I, like a quality match. That's good. I look Something. forward to seeing how it is at um, the Cardinal Center next year in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. How was it being a production PCC? Like, can you have any comments on that? There was, I think that's where some of the force 10 round shooting and some some of the targets were a little, uh, for lack of a better word, dumb. Like, you know, sticking steel plates behind a, a paper target to 30, I don't know, 35 yards or something that's half covered by another steel plate in front. I mean, that stuff's... <laughs> I don't. I don't care for the gimmicky stuff like that. I mean, some people think it's fine. I, <laughs> I personally don't care for it. <coughs> if, if you just look for like a number, I guess like half the stages were really good. Of the remaining half, probably half were fine, and there was three or four that were just like, yeah, that stage was kind of dumb. How do you think it was for somebody shooting a PCC? Uh, it was probably. Not overly interesting for him either. Uh, nothing there would have been terribly difficult to shoot with a rifle. Yeah. 
so they probably didn't care. I mean, they're, they're shooting a rifle, so. But from, from the PC guys I've talked to, they don't really, it's not like they want to shoot stages that are, like, technically difficult for a rifle. Like, they want to shoot pistol stages with their rifle, so. Yeah, I was thinking about that. It's like, what, what do the people in USPSA want from a PCC match? Do they want a, a challenging PCC match, or do they want, like, they want to be able to shoot a pistol match fast and furious? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the guys I've talked to, like, locally and stuff, but granted, we don't have any, like, heavy hitters in PCC locally, but they've, they've all, that I've talked to, have expressed, like, they want to shoot pistol matches with their rifle. They don't want... They don't want, you know, 50 or 60 yard partials or something for their rifles. Right. <laughs> okay. Cool. Anything else from Nationals? No, yeah, I think it hits the uh, big things there. So what's uh, your biggest, like, uh, takeaway that you want to try to improve? for? Because your shooting season's ver- basically over for 2022, right? Yeah. So, like, so for next year, like, your season's over, wrapping up, like, what do you want to be better at next year? Other so, than faster and more accurate. Yeah. So, like, for, <laughs> I mean, I haven't really reviewed or thought about it too much because it's kind of, you know, work's been super busy for me. Like, I came straight back from Nationals and, had to work in ASGW and stuff. Um, but overall, where I probably suffer the most is on the, the harder, more difficult shooting, especially like when, when distances are stretched a little bit or the targets are harder. Uh, that's, that's an area where I think there's a lot of room to gain. Uh, when I you know, briefly get, glance through stage finishes and stuff, you know, overall, I was competitive time-wise and, and hits-wise on on the little more in-your-face, faster shooting stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was – the stages that had really difficult shooting on them, I was certainly quite a bit off the pace. So that's an area that will be a focus in training and something I'll work on. But uh, otherwise, for the off-season, I'm just uh, experimenting with some – different parts in my guns so uh testing out short reach kits in my ao1s so far i think it's going to be a winner uh i don't so what does that do for what does that do for the shooter uh moves the double action trigger the double action trigger starts at about just under a quarter inch farther back okay it's like five millimeters farther back so that's a fifth of an inch yeah uh, but what, why I am trying it is it leaves more room in the trigger guard for your finger and it puts a little more consistent placement on your finger. So when you're switching from the double action, to single action, uh, the big things I'm testing though, is just to make sure that it stays reliable because you are shortening the double action stroke right. so the hammer doesn't come as far back. And then also shooting some CO in the off season. Uh, primarily doing that just to shoot high cap in the winter when it starts getting cold, so I don't have to load as much. And then also testing out some uh, rune tactical spring and followers for my mags. But uh, newer brand out there that 
basically makes a 24-round uh, Shadow 2 mag with a hitting base pad. Wow. There you go. Seems Wait like a second. A, uh, isn't that 24th round why we can't have 2011s in CO? I think there's many reasons why we don't need to dilute <laughs> the most popular division. But honestly, I, I don't even care what to do with CO. I don't shoot it. I'm going to shoot nationals next year, but I really, like, I care about shooting production, so have at whatever division changes you want to make. I don't think it's good for the division, and I I will absolutely say manufacturers should not be the ones pushing division changes, and I say that as a person that works for the manufacturer, that we should absolutely have zero say on the division changes. I think we, I think, I mean, I would agree with that. I don't know if Jeff does, but I would agree with that as well. Um, like we, we should, we, we all have the ability to build a gun that fits the division. But what yeah. if the division was crafted specifically to keep a manufacturer out of it? You know, back when CO came about, uh, I really didn't care that it was polymer only when the original weight limit was made. Where I got annoyed was when they upped the weight limit and then added slide milling. And I'm like, okay, this is dumb. You're making it so the two most popular production guns aren't legal unless the user wants to spend an extra $500 cutting a bunch of weight out. It's like, at that point, it's it's stupid. Oh, I mean, like, I don't think there's any doubt that they've, they have, they screwed up the division. Like, their initial rule sets for the equipment in the division was pretty messed up and then their subsequent changes haven't really made it better uh from that standpoint uh, and, and I don't think any argument there hindsight's always twenty twenty. i think co would have been way more interesting if it was a 15 round division yeah yeah hundred uh, uh, that's that's 100 percent agreed but that's, that's easy to say when you're looking at it you know from from our view in the future here i think i think there's i think a lot of like halfway smart people could have could have come to that conclusion even without the gift of hindsight. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see where they got where they ended up though. So the easy solution is you make it a hundred and forty millimeter mag, same as limited, because it's easy to check the gear. Yeah. So I I get how it ended up where it's at, and it's probably better today than it was when you had to like mill a shadow two to shoot it in the division. Yeah, maybe. But, I don't know. is not something I'm very focused on. Like, I'll shoot nationals and stuff in it, but it's not the division I care about, so I'll work I mean, with the rules that exist. I certainly, certainly not high on my priority right now. All right, Jeff, you got some listener yeah. questions? Hold up. Before we go to listener questions, let's give oh. our – Let's talk about our show sponsor today and our shout out single or singular Patreon. shout out. Billy's getting lonely in the shout out thread. Yeah, uh, I thought we were gonna have a couple more this time. They kind of didn't pan out. Uh, but first, show sponsor today, Shooters Connection. Thank you, Shooters Connection, for sponsoring today's show. Shooters Connection sponsors over a hundred matches a year in the shooting sports is run by competitive shooters, and they're doing same-day shipping. So anything you guys need for competitive shooting, stop by Shooters Connection. Today's um, product highlight, I might start doing that. I'm doing it today. 
I just found it on there. Pretty cool. They have a the double alpha dry fire swinger set up on there. Cheapest one I've seen. It's like twenty twenty four dollars for a swinger setup, dry fire swinger setup. Looks pretty sweet. I'm probably gonna order one because I've been wanting one. Uh, anyway, check it out. Dry fire swinger. Oh, they even got a video, like a demonstration video. Very cool. Anyway, check it I out. Have to put Thank that on my Christmas connection. list. Yeah. Um, use the link in the description to support the podcast and let Shooters Connection know uh, their money is well spent supporting the podcast. Um, shout out. Like, man, this is a, a different shout out because I don't know what this means. There's some <laughs> weird little there's some weird little symbols here. This is from Billy McScrublord. There's some weird little symbols here. I don't know what they are. I feel like I probably I don't know if I'm supposed to know what they are or what. And he says Take my energy, Billy McScrublord. That's it. I, I don't I know don't what that know means what either. Hey, give us your energy, Billy. Yeah, we need all of Billy's energy. All right. What do we got? Some topics y'all want to talk about? Listener questions. We got a bunch. We had some recent ones. Do you want to hit those or hit some oldies? Oh, God, uh, that's so old. We can't do the five things about USPSA. That's, we don't have time for that. Right. I feel like we've answered this question multiple times. Probably. There's not much new in shooting. Um, how about, you all want to talk about burnout? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah? Okay, here's a question. Uh, we'll let Jared go first. So, I have hold really... on, hold on, Jared. Got to read the question. I'm sorry. I thought it was just about burnout. I thought we were talking about burnout. My bad. How do you guys avoid burnout? Having a hard time finding the motivation to train this year. I hit every goal I have ever had in this sport, and it's pretty much killed it for me. So I'll go first then. Uh, burnout's not something I've really experience in shooting so like after after i got after i got going uh and and got serious and it was training and stuff i would take a little bit of time off every winter and even when i've taken time off i'll generally still shoot my tuesday night local matches but i don't really view that as for me in the winter time you know it's dark when i leave for work it's dark when i get home that's something social to go do uh, so I don't really, it doesn't bother me from a shooting standpoint. Like I'm not training over the winter. I'm not dry firing over the winter. So I take some time off on that stuff. And then it's probably helped the last couple of years with uh, components and stuff being challenging. I've certainly, uh, the last you know year and a half, my shooting amount I've shot has went down a lot because you can't just you know buy 20,000 primers whenever you want. So I've shot a lot less. Um than I would generally. So, you know, you end up shooting less at the range, you end up being gone from home less, and then kind of kept the uh, fire to keep going. But if your burnout is like you've hit your goals, I would say you need to adjust your goals. I mean, you know, goals need to be a challenge to reach, but they, they should be something achievable. You know, if you're 
A class, you probably shouldn't be setting your goal to win nationals next year. But you know, it's it's very likely that you know maybe you want to win your your section match, or even if you don't shoot like level twos or something, you know. There's that guy that you never beat at the locals. Like, you want to crush him next year. You just got to have something to keep working toward. Do you pick people to beat, Jared? No. I mean. <laughs> it wasn't your goal to beat Joel at Nationals? No. I already knew I was going to beat Joel at Nationals. Oh, as soon as we As soon as we turn off the recording... Jared's like, I fucking crushed Joel, guys. That's right. (laughs) I'm not going to say that. But, uh, (laughs) like, I mean, when I was, so, like, when I was new and coming up, like, the you know, the heavy hitters locally and limited, like, yeah, it was a goal to beat them, like, get closer and then start beating them. But, I mean, by the time I was, like, really serious and a master and a GM and stuff, I mean, you know, the, the other local guy that was shooting limited at the time, he had moved away, so unless I massively screwed up, there was nobody that would beat me locally in Limited back then. And after Limited, I switched to uh, CO for a year, and kind of once I figured out how to shoot a dot, like it was the same type of thing, you know. Was, there was just nobody that was as serious locally as I was shooting CO, and it's been the same thing in production. So outside of like you know trying to get closer or beat the guys in other divisions. You know, it's generally, as I think most areas run into, you know, the talent spreads out a little bit across the division. So there's normally a, you know, really good limited guy or maybe two, a really good CO guy, a really good production guy, a really good open guy. You start trying to beat the other divisions, but even that, I don't put too much stock in it because some stages you can, you can hang with a limited gun when you're shooting production and then other stages, like you don't have a chance of keeping up. Yeah, that's fair. Jeremy? Uh, so, what I, the guys that I see burn out a lot, uh, like if, if you get in this sport and like what's your, your what are we talking about goals, but like what's, what's motivated you think, if I can just get really good, then that will get me such and such. That'll get me sponsors, that'll get me, uh, more followers on Instagram, like that'll like, like that that's gonna get me something. So like the people that like come into the sport and immediately like they're wearing sponsored, like they're in the sport for six months and they're going like their first level two and they've got a jersey on with like whatever sponsor they can get that'll put that on. Um, and sometimes those guys get good really quick and then they realize, oh, like even if I get really good, I'm not gonna make any money at this. Uh, nobody's really going to care who I am because I'm still not beating Nils. Um, and then they're like, Oh, what was the point of all the work I just put in and money I wasted on this? Um, like I see the, like those guys tend to burn out real quick. Um, and like to me, like, so if that's, if that's your motivation, the sport is something other than just being really good at shooting. Uh, and or the camaraderie that comes from the sport to me, like those are the two, the two best thing that the sports has to offer is, is it will test your shooting skills and it'll push your shooting skills in a way that you can't get anywhere else. And then the camaraderie of like people that you can like meet in this sport. 
like if you're in it for things other than that, then there's a good chance you're going to burn out real quick. Uh, or maybe not real quick, but there's a good chance you will burn out. Um, and so like, like that, that would be a little bit to the person, like if they're, if they're worried that they're burning out, like that would be the thing I'm asked, like, what are you in the sport for? And then, I mean, Jared already talked about it, but like, like having breaks in, like if you're a person that, if you're very old and you've been in many other activities, you know, if you're a person that burns out of something or not. Right. Cause like if you're 35 and this is like the third or fourth hobby that you've picked up and you've kind of gone all in on like, well, okay. Either that's just what you do until every five years you need something new to do. Um, or you, or you just push yourself to the point of burnout in, in this sport. Uh, so taking breaks is good. Um, you kind of got to know where you're at in your season. Like I, I really like having a season that is culminates with, with whatever your big match is at the end of the year. Uh, for me, like I always hope that nationals is kind of the last of the year. Cause that way you can have a, you can have structure to your season, right? Like you can kind of, you start off, it's like first couple of matches of the year, like kind of getting into it. Uh, and then you, you're building up for nationals at the end. And then, and then once nationals are done, like you've got time off, it's winter months, you're, you know, doing whatever you want to do through the winter months. And then you kind of, you can kind of start that cycle again the next season. And so like, I kind of like having that, that scheduled time off. Um, Cause there, there are times in this sport where like some people will tell you that like, if you don't feel like shooting, you should never go shoot. And then if you really feel like shooting, you should go shoot. There are times in this sport where you need to like, even if you don't feel like shooting, you need to go shoot. Like if, if performance is your goal, like if, if doing well and performance is your goal, there's times where you need to put the gun on and dry fire, even if you don't want to. Um, but there's also probably times where you may be like super, like, I really want to, I really want to shoot this week. I really want to do this this week. And honestly, there may be like, you might need to not that week because uh, you have a scheduled week off during kind of the slow part of the middle of the season, you need to take a week off just so that you can stay hungry for later on during the year or save, as Jared talked about, save components for later in the year because they are harder and more expensive to get. Um, so like, that's kind of my take on, on burnout. Yeah. So I agree a lot with, what both these guys have said. Um, I kind of feel like there's sort of two types of people in the sport. There's the ones that come in and they're hyper competitive and they're like, uh, or maybe there's more than two types of people, but I kind of view it as two types. Um, they, they're hyper competitive. They come in. Uh, the goal is to win. The goal is to be the best, right? You can do that with that attitude and care about nothing else for like three years, maybe. Uh, and at that point, if you're not making the gains that you, you should, most people will burn out and leave at that point, I think. Um, or, or you can transition to the other type of person, which is the person that is also competitive and wants to do well, but uh, is here for the company. 
and is is here for what the the community offers and uh so i think i think you have to find your place in that mix right um obviously you need you need to take breaks or most people do um but i think if you come in and you're like all i'm doing here is setting goals and crushing them uh there's i think you will burn out like just just pretty much hands down there's there's like a 0.01% maybe less than that of people that actually will achieve and crush everybody and become that top tier and get hired by some manufacturer and you know they achieve that goal right everyone else is going to achieve burnout and leave um, yep. but i think you can come here and you can stay and you can enjoy the company and you can train hard and you can try to achieve. But when you don't achieve, you've still got the company um, and you've still got the community. I think it's just there's a big range of, of who you want to be in the sport and you got to pick who that is. You know, you, you've heard all the, the great tools for combating burnout as far as. Uh, taking breaks, changing things up, trying a different platform. Um, you've heard people talk about all those things before, but I, I really think it comes down to finding finding who you want to be in this space and being happy with who that person is. You know, I think you bring up a good point, though, earlier where you said something about gains. Like, I think that is part of burnout for some people, too. Like, when you're new and you're learning something like this new, the gains are huge and really fast. And then like you, you eventually you'll hit a plateau where you got to put a lot more work in to get a little bit better. And that's generally where you start seeing people falling off. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's important to have realistic expectations of like what can be achieved in you know, in the next six months or next year for you. I mean, if you're shooting, you know, once you get to the point where you're shooting, I don't know, 80% at nationals, like, and you shot 70% the year before, it's probably not reasonable to think that you can gain another 10% next year. Like, it's not very much, but it it's, might as well be the Grand Canyon. I mean, it's a, a long ways to go. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Like, those, those first two, three years, if someone is working hard, they're just going to make astronomical strides uh gonna be crushing everybody locally and then it slows down for most people um so that's just part of it uh and while we're talking about that if you're looking for some place to plug in in the community and you want some people to to talk shit with and and meet up Join the Discord. Link will be in the description. The Discord's great. You can tell people how s- smart they are or how not smart they are. <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting stuff in there. Usually is. Right now, like, like I'm not even talking about shooting in there. Like, I just talk about working out because that's what I'm doing right now. So that's what I'm talking about. When I start yeah, shooting it, again, 
I'll start talking about that again. It does run. It does run a pretty cool gamut of different discussions. Yeah, it's been fun. We do have right. one more. Or we call it there. All right. I think that is a good place to stop. We're right at an hour, and Sasquatch right. needs to wake up early. Yeah. So uh, real quick, and some other news though. I am going to be taking a few weeks off the podcast because I am absolutely buried with work right now. So between trying to stick to working out and my actual job. I'm going to be taking a few weeks off. You haven't been getting all the discord money. No, no, I have not. What? Uh, it's oh. still a little shy of paying my mortgage. So, Oh, I've, I mean, I didn't work much to begin oh. with, but I've basically quit now. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, you... Jared. I, I must've sent those checks to the wrong address or something. They went to the king of Ethiopia or something. Oh, oh you know, I saw an email that uh, somebody <laughs> wanted to give me two and a half million dollars of their Powerball winnings. So that was that it. Been you. Yeah, that, that was me. You. That was Jeff. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, give give Jared some love. Keep him company as he is gone for his hiatus, his sabbatical, if you will. And we will we'll try to have uh, some guests on. I've got I've got some people in mind to have on for the show. Uh, so hopefully, yeah. kind of over the winter months, we'll have a few more just interviews with other people. As there's not current events to really talk about a whole lot, uh, we can yeah. at least maybe have some guests and stuff yeah. on to talk. Yeah, basically now through uh, February is like my busy time of the year where I have to travel quite a bit, go places, and do things. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, if you also, one last little shill here. If you want to work with the podcast, sponsor the podcast, sponsor the show, anything like that, send us an email at thehitfactorpodcast at gmail.com. And also, the like a couple episodes ago when Jeremy and I were talking about nationals and uh, I had some opinions about... Uh, women's category at nationals it started up an interesting discussion on multiple levels um so we'll probably have like a lady on fairly soon to just to give an opinion on that i think that would be pretty interesting i don't really have any super strong feelings about it just thoughts and opinions so i think it would be an interesting discussion so if you have someone uh that you think might be interesting to hear their opinions let us know who that might be or have we had have we had a a uh lady or woman on guest on the show before no i don't think so i don't think so thank you guys much sexist people just uh this is a uh you know the patriarchy yeah i well gotta get the (laughs) brains in here trying to break through that glass ceiling that's right yeah. Anyway, I wouldn't mind having some some ladies on to talk about a couple of things. That would be pretty interesting, I think. I know one that at least have opinions on stuff. We'll see yeah. if she wants to come on or not. She'll come on. Probably. She'll do it. All right, boys. It's been good.
Y'all have a good evening. Sasquatch, wake up early. Hit the weights hard. Mm. Sweat a bunch. Good luck. Yeah, the garage is like 35 degrees in the morning. I don't know if I'm sweating much. <laughs> hey, put some down jackets on. You can you can work up a sweat. Start with a sweatshirt and stocking cap until you get warmed up. That sounds smart. Oh, stop recording, damn it.